You gotta have a podcast. 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 Hey everybody, how's it going? Welcome back to You Gotta Have a Podcast. I'm Angela Palladino, your host of this particular podcast. Um, never been anyone else here. I don't know why you would even ask. It's truly always been me. I, for one, am so glad that you're here with me today because today on the podcast, we go very deep. We get philosophical, even. We talk about Phineas and Ferb, perhaps. It really is a really wonderful conversation coming to you with the incredible, lovely, and talented Erin Harland. Erin started her creative journey as an actor and along the way got into comedy, improv, and now has really found footing in pursuing music. She's a singer-songwriter making some incredible stuff out there. And this conversation was a joy to have because it was really raw. It was authentic and truthful and good for the soul. I left it feeling like we had really connected and I hope that you will connect with this too. Here is my conversation with Erin Harland. It's not so simple as just saying, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Maybe for some people it is, but you you sort of do. You just are also human. So you're like, I'd like to have real experiences as well and not not feel like I'm just a motor that keeps going. But it, it, it feels like you can't really get away from that. And I think I just like needed for that to happen. So yeah, that definitely to answer your question is definitely something that I thought about. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it is, it is interesting, especially with our community of, of friends and like the comedy community. It, it, it's not something that you can just like, like you said, like switch off like a switch. It's like, Oh, well, like I still want to see my friends and if they're all doing this thing, yes, then it's like the easiest way to see them. But also like, if then you decide you're not doing it, it's kind of like we like, it's like a weird vibe. And yeah, yeah. that's a huge, huge part of it too. You brought up such a great point, which is that like, I mean, I remember I had friends who weren't really in comedy Mm -hmm. and one of them, I mean, I don't know. um, One of them, I remember said like, you never want to hang out unless it's with your, like, unless it's a show or something. And I was like, well, shows kind of are the way I hang out with people. It's like, yeah. you are sort of doing a, a two for one in that you're doing something you love. And especially with improv and stand up, really just comedy in general, you're, you're playing and then mm-hmm. you're already there. So you're going to socialize, but right. it's not so easy as, as people who I think, you know, live in the city and they're, they work and live in the city to be in the city, which I totally get. But when yeah. you just work and you're like, I'm living in New York City just to enjoy the city, you do have time to like be like, let's go experience this thing. But it's like yeah. we have like two jobs. We have the mm-hmm. job during the day that we have to do to like survive. Yeah. And then I have the job of which is more of a long term goal. Um, and it's two jobs. So it's like that yeah. is that is the only time where I get to socialize. So I'm sorry. I I I. I I am truly sorry if you feel like I can't hang out with you unless it's like at a show. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to be that person either, but sometimes that, that is how it feels. And, and, and you do have fun. Like I was like, this is, 
this is fun. And I do like, even after everything I said, what's tricky also is like, I still do love improv. I love playing. I love acting, but there's a bunch of other stuff around it that can get, yeah, it can be hard. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And like, it is easy when one, it's a goal, like a long-term goal, like you said, like something you're working toward, it's a second job. Yeah. But like, it's also just like everyone that's surrounding that you're surrounding yourself with is also has that same or similar goal right Mm -hmm. and so like when people are like don't get it or like just don't speak that language it can be tough like i i sometimes have found that like mix like i i'm sometimes trepidatious to mix like non-comedy friends and comedy friends Mm -hmm. yeah because i'm like they're all lovely people but like will they get it like Sir, I mostly I just don't want to scare the non comedians with bits, really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your 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 girlfriend, does she do um comedy? Does she do anything like that? No. And so how is that for you? Well, she's incredibly funny. She's one of the funniest people I've known, like, and that includes all the comedians I know. Yeah. So funny, not a comedian. Yep. Um, which is just oh like perfect (laughs) yeah so like she can hang she like instinctively knows like how to make a joke and isn't like put off when people are being like doing a bit or being insincere she gets it yeah but i've definitely dated people in the past or like had friends from home come through and then they were just like they just like kept repeating the same variation (laughs) of a joke over and over again i was like yeah, that is one of arguably the worst parts of comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and once you get once you're around people, it's like very it's very infectious and I do love it because I just I remember being in high school and that was sort of how I was naturally with with like friends of being like mm-hmm. we joke about something and then we'd be like and then this happens in a very in a very like we're low-key writing a family guy episode or something, you know. Yeah. Um but I do remember being at a DCM once, and this is why I'm like, I don't know, I, I can absorb energy, but then so much that I'm like burnt out. I remember being at DCM mm-hmm. and I went to a party night one night and everybody was so funny and so energetic. And I was there till like probably 4am or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the next night people were like, we're at the party space. And I go to the party space and it just felt like a repeat of the night before. And I remember being in the middle of this sort of like four person circle, three like tall guys <laughs> surrounding me, all doing bits, looking at each other. And I mm-hmm. just remember kind of nodding my head, being like, ha ha. And I just eventually had this thought of, I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> I. I can't do, I can't do this for a second night. That was really fun. The first night, Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do this two nights in a row. Um, That's that's how I became with like a lot of the improv scene, especially improv and sketch. Stand up is a little less like that because stand ups often will just like fuck right off right after the show. (laughs) Yeah, I think yeah, there are definitely more people like, well, I know I, I, I mean, I did date, I've dated a couple of standups, but one of them really didn't like improv. And I do feel like it's like stand up is for the most part, such a lone wolf thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, 
think that the positivity of improbables bothers them. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. They want everyone to be just as miserable as they are. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. They're like, you're so supportive. It's not real. And and part of me gets it. Like part of me is like, we are a little overly supportive, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's each their own. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But I, yeah, I started to get disillusioned with like the, the bits thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what, like you were just saying and just being like, what the fuck? It, like, I don't want to do this again. I would just like go into parties with, with improvisers and then I would like just chat to people and be like, how are you? Like, I want to know what you've been up to. Yeah. And they would be like freaked out that I would ask like a personal question about how, like, I'm just oh, like, yeah. okay, I don't want to do a bit. I just want to like talk There's to you. Talk. <laughs> I know. I have, I have some friends who I ask them how they are and they just start talking about things they're doing, the things they're auditioning for. I have this and I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. All right. Tell me. Yeah. What have you been watching lately? What have you, yeah. uh, what are you interested in? How's it going with that person you're dating? I don't know. Something that's not because it just, well, I don't know. That's the other thing is I, I mean, I've always been this way when I was in acting school. Cause I went to acting school. Uh, mm-hmm. I hated that. I loved acting. I hated acting as a business, which is a huge yeah. part of it. And they kept telling us like, your headshot is your business card and, and you have to make postcards and mail them to agents because that's like a tap on the shoulder for the agent because they have so many people coming in. They're going to forget about you. So you need to constantly remind them. And I was like, oh my God, that's a lot. I don't even think I believe in myself that as that much. <laughs> I just want to add, which is like, which is a huge part of it. So that's really saying something. And I don't know, I could probably talk about that more later, but like at the time I was like, I don't really want to bother anybody or be like a salesman for myself. I just want to act. But unfortunately you like have to show why you are deserving or like mm-hmm. of, of this thing. And that was really hard for me because I just, yeah, don't, I don't really, I'm not a pusher. I don't really like to push people. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very hard, especially in things that you have to audition for, right? Mm-hmm. Like with um, creating your own stuff, like, you know, you know, working on music, you can just make your thing that you yeah. like and do it the way you want and put it out and then like tell people that you put it out, but you don't have to like beg it to happen. And yes. I feel like a lot of acting, a lot of it, some improv stuff, you know, with barring like indie scene, like organized sketch theater, the theater system in general, and most paid things like you, you have to ask for permission to do what your art. Um, and I, I, I also have been like, I, I was basically like two middle fingers in the air to like a lot of that a couple of years ago. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I stopped, uh, well, one idea, yeah, I just stopped doing improv um, because I was just like, this is so much work to put on my own shows. I had been doing it for like five years at the time. But like, uh, and I was just like, I'm not getting anything out of it that is like going to help me have a, like my reach my long-term goal of having a creative career, you know, somewhere in comedy. And I was, so I, then I started doing more sketch stuff, um, making my own videos, things like that, you know? Um, did you like ever feel that way? Like with like, I don't know, like, I know that you focus a lot more on like your own independent projects now, like even before the pandemic you were doing, like, I feel like you were hosting a lot of shows and doing fun stuff with like the Flirtini live shows mm. before, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I just, oh man. I mean, 
I was starting to do some things. I, I kind of, I mean, I could really, really go on and on about this, but I'll just say that like ever since I was a kid, I think I've really, I just always had so many interests. Mm -hmm. And so when I was really young, I really wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. I remember taking like acting classes that I ended up sort of getting into because I think I like auditioned at a hockey rink and they were like, she should go to this. It was probably low key, a little bit of a scam. Um, but, uh, I like saying, and then they were like, she would be great for commercials. She should come to this school. And my parents were like, well, would you want to do that? I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. And so they probably paid a bit of money to do that. But I remember on the way to one of the, the classes, my mom was like, so what do you think? Do you think you're going to like be an actor? And I was like, um, I don't know, like, this is pretty fun, but I still want to be a writer. And my mom was like, well, then what am I paying yeah. these for? But I was, <laughs> I was doing plays. Like, I was like nine. So I, I really, you know, but then I started doing plays. Then I really thought of myself as an actor in middle school. And then I got into high school and was like, okay, now I'm going to do like real theater. But then they had a TV program, which was like the best in the country, actually. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Some, somehow uh, I went to that school and um, I don't know if they still are, but we were. And I really wanted to do that. I was like, I want to learn TV stuff. I want to learn camera. I want to be on camera. Yeah. Uh, and then it came time for me to figure out what are you going to go to school for? And I really wanted to live in New York. And I thought it, I thought maybe I should do film stuff. But I asked my TV teacher what should I do film as in, um, as in, you know, behind the camera, writing films yeah. and stuff like that. And my teacher was yeah. like, look, I know you love this, but I think in your heart of hearts, you're an actor. And so I think you should go to New York for acting. And I was like, I guess that's true. You know, I can act. It's acting is a little bit. Yes. Yes. You have to learn, you know, going to school helps you learn on camera stuff. And, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I was like, well, I guess technically if I wanted to learn camera and film stuff, I could read books. Whereas I can't really learn acting necessarily from reading books, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. I have to do it, do it. And you have to do it for film too. So, but you, you probably know what I mean. So yeah. then I did that. And then acting school was like, interesting I'll, <laughs> I'm, I'm fast tracking a lot of stuff <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I actually saw I told Brian this but I saw a Britannic show that a friend uh -huh. invited me to while I was in acting school because I was a major fan and I was like what is this magic I have to learn how to do it and so after acting school that's when I went to UCB yeah and all throughout all of that I was sort of, I've always, always been doing music so I can kind of get to that. But mm -hmm. I guess what I'll say, I just never told anybody because I was really not confident in it and really shy mm -hmm. for a lot of reasons I've worked out in therapy. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, eventually I met Megan Patzel and she uh -huh. had like this community dance core thing. Yes. I, I remember that. <laughs> yes. And I auditioned for that and that was really fun. And we just got to dance for fun. And it was like, so it was just so fun. I, cause I would dance when I was younger too. Um, and I just loved that. It was like this thing that we did because we didn't have to. And that mm -hmm. eventually grew. I became better friends with Megan and then Melissa, who was really good friends with Megan in college. I think we all just, she reached out to me and her and also, um, uh, also, oh my gosh, I'm having a brain. I hope she doesn't hate me. Uh, <laughs> I'll think, 
Oh my gosh, I'm just having a weird. Oh, Mackenzie, Mackenzie, Michaela, McKenna, McKenna. Oh my gosh, McKenna. Um, do you know? Do you know McKenna? Um, uh, she was a reckless person. Good friends of Jenny. Blonde. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, I know her. She went to grad school in San Francisco. Yes. Yeah, that McKenna. So she was from Hawaii. Yes, she lives. She grew up in Hawaii, and she's yes. And she's I, very, I remember her. Yeah, yeah, McKenna. Sorry, McKenna. I know your name. I just had a little bit of like a spacey <laughs> moment. Um, she reached out to us and was like, "Hey, you guys sing and are interested, and I want to do this show. That's kind of like a cabaret show." And yeah. Uh, yeah, we just have kept it going, and I really think that it's because it was well. Sorry if I'm talking too much, but I guess I'll just say that like theater was something I used to do. And it's funny when you get into improv and you get into there are certain things that like I think you just don't tell people because Mm -hmm. it doesn't come up. You're not singing. You're not. I don't know. I I also wasn't one to tell people. Oh, yeah, I was in like musicals when I was. uh, But it was something that I loved doing. And I I think that we just all sort of had that in common. And we got together and we're like, well, let's do a show that's like comedy, but mixed with music and Mm -hmm. dance. Cause that's stuff that we love doing. And like, unless we're getting hired to do a play or something like, where are we going to do this? And so we just kind of like, I think created that. Although a lot more is like, you know, Jesse Roth is now a lot of people are incorporating music and a little bit more of like variety into shows, which is nice. But yeah, that's kind of how that all happened um yeah yeah and that's interesting even just from that variety show cabaret aspect where you guys kind of started you know now you're still doing it in a semblance but you're like a band writing cover songs and also (laughs) doing a newsletter and I think still doing live shows sometimes yeah that's really cool yeah we plan on doing the live show soon but Megan moved to LA so it's like that's the only thing to work around yeah (laughs) minor minor glitch um, you know uh, it's cool because you know then maybe we'll go to LA and do a show or something but yeah we, (laughs) we we loved it so much and I really did like I love all my friends but I did feel like I finally found people who I don't know I could talk about more than just like comedy bang bang or something like that you know what I mean like um we talked about musicals and we talked about like oh my gosh this choreography and this music and because we like a lot of things and um even though we moved away we just loved doing the Flirtuni show so much uh that I sort of had this idea of like well I think we were sort of talking as a group, how can we keep this going? And we thought, well, maybe we'll do shows eventually. And I said, what if we just like, I said, I know this one girl who uh, is a music artist and I think she has a Patreon and she does like covers every month for her Patreon people. Mm -hmm. I was like, what if we just for fun made covers? Cause we all, we also all are trying to, I mean, at least I know I am. I'd like to learn a little bit more about the music production. Mm -hmm. And it's really like, let's just do this for fun and we'll put them out and we'll get some practice out of it. And it's really low stakes. And like, as long as I feel like I put my best into whatever we're creating, I I don't really feel unhappy about whatever the result is. I'm just like happy. I made something, but that's, that's just me. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, that's great. That's great. It's interesting that that, like trajectory that's sort of like, you know, it's like, we just want to keep getting, we want to keep this going, but like, how can we, how can can we we like make that work? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which I know a lot of people have kind of probably had to ask themselves the same question. I mean, I do feel, yeah. I do really feel for like people who during the pandemic, I don't know, maybe improv is, was mostly like how they identify or, or comedy mm-hmm. or whatever it was they did. And now they don't have it. That yeah. is really hard to like lose that purpose. But for me, I, I, had been, I guess in 2019, I sort of went through a breakup. And so I kind of like had to ask myself, like, who am I coming out of this breakup Mm -hmm. and stuff? And then it ended up being like a very positive experience. And that's when I found like CDC. That's when I I like dyed my Mm -hmm. hair blonde and (laughs) did all these things. (laughs) Um, And so after a while, I think I was sort of writing songs where I had always been writing songs, but they never really felt like mine in a sense like yeah I understand that I was like all right that's a song for someone I don't know if it's for me I'm glad I wrote it but like I'm not gonna really tell anybody about it so it was like a secret hobby I had and then I think I just kind of started writing something and I had this moment of like oh I think that that might be something and I had recently met Brooks and so I reached out I reached out to him and said "Uh, hi I just like I really love what you do and I have these songs and um, I think maybe it could be cool. I think maybe they could be something. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. So if you want, you can listen to them. If you don't want to work on this, I, I totally understand. No hard feelings. Um, but I just thought if you're interested, let me know. I'll send you some like very rough recordings I have and we'll do something with it. Yeah. And so that's kind of how that all started. And that all started truly right at like the end of February. I was already going to do it. And then everything happened. So it kind of gave me something of like, well, I was already going to do this. So I might as well just keep doing it. And timing wise, for me, it just, it kind of worked out. Um, Wow. I didn't realize that it was so, so like all your, your music under Aaron Harland, like your solo stuff has all come out during the pandemic. Yeah, crazily. Yeah, I didn't I, realize. I feel like it I would have been longer. <laughs> I know. Just because um, I feel like I've known about it for so long. You but know I haven't. Well, I you know myself. what it probably was? Because I think for you, which is, which this makes you a very special person, I think. I think you, <laughs> I think you knew that I had done singing stuff because I do remember I put out like every mm-hmm. now and then I would feel confident enough to like <laughs> record myself playing a song and putting it on like Facebook or something. Oh uh, yeah. So I had seen that stuff. You had seen yeah. that. And, and I remember I did a first aid kit song and you were like, I love this song. Um, oh yeah. 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 I, I love first it, aid kit. I do remember that actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did. So funny. Yes. Yeah. So, so you were, so I think maybe you were more aware of that than, I don't know. I don't know that every, everybody thought of me like that. And then, you know, you're, you're mm-hmm. one of your good friends is Cammie who also sings. So I think maybe yeah. we talked about like just singing in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we, we've definitely talked about it before. I'm now remembering, uh, years ago when we shot that, we devil that sketch, sketch. Yes. <laughs> which is so sad. And I had all my guitars at my apartment and then we were all like playing. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we all, you could like, that's right. You can play guitar mm-hmm. and you've sang, I've seen videos of you singing before. Yeah. Um, when do, I get confident and don't take them down off the internet. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so that was kind of me. I leave them up and they're funny, very funny timestamps. I like just found one 
last night looking through like emails of when I was, I don't know, I must have been 20 and I had like a ukulele and it was a song I wrote about the Verrazano Bridge and uh, <laughs> it was like... I think you should cover your own song now. I'm, I think you should do a cover now of that Verrazano I'm, Bridge song. I'm kind of... I, no joke. I'm kind of thinking <laughs> of... I have so many somewhat cringy songs, but also maybe just very of their time. Yeah. Um, songs that I had written when I was younger. And I was like, should I put out like an album of songs I wrote between the ages of like 16 to 21 or something. Maggie Rogers just did that. So yeah, why shouldn't you? That's what I've heard. So I, I think I will eventually. I think I will. But it's really funny because I remember it still, it still makes me proud. Part of me is like, Ugh. but part of me is also like, that was very, I don't know. I'm still glad that it's there and it's like mm-hmm. just part of myself. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, the fact that I was playing a ukulele, I think just it <laughs> screams uh, 2013 or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it really does. There yeah. is a time and a place where ukuleles yes. were a thing. Technically, they were they've always existed to people in certain parts of the world. But like yeah. for 20-year-old girls in New York City, the year was 2013. Yeah. So Zoe Deschanel <laughs> was 2013 and we were all just following suit. And uh, it's not yeah. our fault. It's not our fault. It's not our fault. Um, but I remember, I think Kat Cohen at a Ryan Live show did this ukulele song uh-huh. where she was singing about spiders. And it was like, spiders, spiders. <laughs> it was this very, like, indie artist, cutesy, quirky. Uh-huh. And I, I don't know, I watched that video and I was like, that was me. That was, just, <laughs> that was definitely me at, at one point. But yeah, it was very, very Zoe Deschanel, very Urban Outfitters, very yeah. uh, of, <laughs> of the time. Um, so yeah, it's it's always kind of been there. But I think for a long time, I thought, I remember somebody once asked me too, because I would sing in school if we ever had like a talent showy type thing. And a friend would be like, you like write songs and you sing are you ever going to put out music? And this was like maybe three or four years. I remember being like, no, I, there's too much music out there. Everything already kind of sounds the same. I don't really feel the need to yeah, put it out. I feel about just, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, eventually there's just so much of something that much. you're like, there's too much. But at the same time, one could argue, which is kind of how I see it now, which is funny. Yeah. It really was like a, a I'm a very... I think I am a very light switchy person. Like mm-hmm. when I became vegan too, like it just, it just kind of, I had tried before to cut out stuff. And then there was just one time where I did. And it just it stopped. Yeah. So it was like this time, I think I just, after like a lot of working on myself and I thought, you know what? I do have something to say. I think I do mm-hmm. have something to add. And actually there's so much music out there. I might as well just, Put it out because why not? Why not put yeah. it out there? Um, so it can kind of be said both ways. Sometimes it definitely can, and you probably feel this way with like podcasts, but it, sometimes it can definitely get a little bit like I don't know, uh, disheartening. Just being like, wow, mm-hmm. I am just one in a sea of very popular podcasts, uh, and sometimes it, you see so much music, you're like, wow, I am really just one of many. Yeah, but, uh, it, I do it because I I. I actually genuinely do have fun doing it and I used to not. So it's been interesting. I think it's great, especially coming from, you know, spending so much time 
in the comedy world. Yeah. Or even like acting when you're, you know, you're reading other people's words majority of the time, unless you're, you know, we wrote something that you're performing. Yeah. Or spending so much time in the comedy world where so much is insincere to like actually write and create music that is just like, this is, it's, it's not like, it's not ironic. You know, I think yeah. me, like I've always played music not very well, but like I could play and my instinct was like, I can only like the only way that I would ever perform would be like as a joke. Yeah. Like I would do like yeah. bits with my guitar and stuff like that. But like, I've never had the balls to actually be like, oh, I'm going to like sincerely play something. Right. And I really appreciate that you've started oh, to sort of express yourself in that like way, because I feel like there's a, a, a misconception about mm -hmm. a lot of artists, musicians, comedians, comparing the two, like, Look at Phoebe Bridgers, right? Mm -hmm. A very funny human being. Yes. Her music, arguably, there are some lines and some lyrics are like funny. Yeah. But arguably very depressing. <laughs> yes, there's But humor. she's a very funny person. Yeah. Ab absolutely, absolutely. And really, really, truly not to compare myself to Phoebe Bridgers, but I remember finding Phoebe Bridgers in like 2000 and... 16, 2017. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah. this, and so... uh not many people had heard of her at the time, but I just remember being mm -hmm. like, wow, if I had had the confidence to put out my music when I was younger, this could have been me. Like yeah. I, I not could have been me as in a lot of things have to go right as in not, I would have <laughs> had her career, but I think that right. like when I was younger, I was writing a lot of sad songs and I wasn't totally supported in that is the thing. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what made me not want to share my songs. And so I think that yeah. that's what the difference is. Like, I think that she, while she's had a kind of a somewhat of a hard upbringing with her dad and stuff, I think when she was with her mom, her mom was very supportive of her music. Right. Um, and my parents were supportive of my music. They always want, people always wanted me to sing, but it kind of felt like they wanted me to sing as long as it was on their terms. Yeah. And it was like, well, I don't know what else to write about. I'm sad about this boy. I can't just write a happy song. And it, and it, and it wasn't also like write a happy song. It was more like I would share with my mom in a very vul vulnerable moment. Mm -hmm. And because um, also my mom, uh, she was in bands when she was younger and wrote music and stuff. So that's a, a cool. huge part of it, too. Um, yeah. So I would share things with her. Uh, hoping that I don't know she would just like be proud and I think she was but I think probably mom mode like switched on and was like mm -hmm. hey I've noticed a lot of your lyrics uh mention this and this and I'm just wondering and I think like I was not ready to be like oh this wasn't me wanting to talk about those things so so yeah so I really applaud Phoebe Bridgers for like you know just writing and, and I'm glad that she like had that support even though I know she's been through a lot um but yeah it does make very like I think when your sincerity comes through in another way it's like it, it, I don't know also well I guess a lot of like depressed people can also be like self-deprecating so yeah. there is like humor to her lyrics like I I know her her songs have made me laugh but I've showed them to people who were like this is not <laughs> How yeah. are you enjoying this? And I've I was had like, a lot of the same yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Yep. I'm like, isn't this just like so sad? And I say it with like a smile on my face, like, (laughs) isn't this amazing? And they're like, this makes me depressed. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, right. right? (laughs) Yeah. And because I don't know, it's so she's incredible. But, but, um, yeah, to speak with what you're saying, I think I, I, I wasn't ready to be so sincere in terms of art for like a long time. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think why I got into comedy because again, well, with my mom, um, she really, really, I think was still trying to make music happen for her. And she really wanted to do that stuff with me in a way. And I just, Mm -hmm. I think I was trying to individuate a little bit and that's how I turned to comedy. Um, because I just, I needed to do something that didn't feel so serious. And now as I've gotten older, it's like, you know what, actually, I love, I love comedy, but I kind of want to be sincere. Like I want to, yeah, I don't know. It used to be very scary. I used to, I could be in a theater show and, and perform in front of so many people. But if I were to sing in front of like 10 people, my own songs, terrified. I was yeah. like, I didn't really like that people could see me. And now I, 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 I almost same don't mind exact, so much. Same exact thing. Yeah. I've definitely like, it's, it's, well, it's just, it's like when you are in a show or in an improv scene, it, you can almost kind of like blend into the group a little bit more. Yes. And like, yes. if, if you are just singing and it sounds bad, that's just you that's sounding just, bad. Yeah. And or, it's not, you can't blend into anything else. <laughs> yes. And then add that to, hi, I wrote this song. This is all me. Right. And then people are like, this song sucks. And you wrote it. And that's, yeah. those lyrics are sad. And I'm like, Ugh. not that people yeah. would tell me my songs suck. But <laughs> yeah, it just felt very like, Oof, it's so much more vulnerable. It's so, yeah. And I couldn't, I really couldn't deal with that because I just, I already knew as a person, I was a really vulnerable person just naturally. Like mm-hmm. I just know, I think my face, especially back then, it just screamed like vulnerability and like <laughs> naivete and like <laughs> nice, you know? So <laughs> now it's like, okay, I can take a little bit of control. And then the other thing is I, I will say like the biggest part is that I, I am just so thankful for Brooks who is like, honestly, none of the songs that I have out would sound mm-hmm. the way they do without him. And I think yeah. that was part of the other reason I was scared. I still get nervous because I'm not like, I'm not that great of a guitar player. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to doing things by myself, all I can think about is like, you can't play guitar that well. You can't, you're messing up. Yeah. It's like when I sing and play guitar, sometimes I get a little bit like two in my head. Yeah. And with him, it was like you, he made the songs sound the way I wish that they sounded and yeah. I'm just again timing wise it was all great and I'm very grateful for that that's great. Uh, otherwise I'd just still be this girl like playing these like I don't know just like tinkering on the guitar and posting it on Facebook every once in a while or something like that but kind yeah. of just to touch on Brooks for a second Brooks has always been a person who I'm I, I met him in a class we had like an advanced study class together an ash, I think. Whoa. Uh, okay, cool. And he was so... Also, Matt Rubano was in that class. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, he was so funny. But then, like, 
was like you could actually have like a genuine conversation yes. with him as like a human being like after class we would go get food or something with like the whole group and um i've always just like been so blown away by his um yeah he can it, it's a lot of comedians or people who are funny you know who mm-hmm. do comedy don't necessarily like open up in that way and um it's it's so great that that you guys were able to collaborate and like work together yeah. Uh, and find each other in this little creative world. Right. Well, same, <laughs> same with you and him. You know, he is a really good person to know. And I think yeah. that like, yeah, you just kind of like, I don't know, there's this one song where uh, it's a song by the high women, but she says like, I can't remember oh, I the first that. line of the song. Yeah, they're so great. But there's that song, Old Soul, where she says like, I, I just know when I meet another soul like mine. And mm-hmm. that's like kind of how I feel. It's like you just some people you talk to them and you go, okay, you are not a person who can turn off. And I don't, that's fine. I don't blame you, but I have to turn off sometimes. And um, so when you meet people who just like can, I don't know, have the ability to do that. But then like when it comes to the context of performing, they can really have fun. I just, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I love when I can meet people like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Also just like, I really enjoy, uh, in working with people that are, um, are so passionate about like mm. whatever it is that they're passionate about. Yeah. That like, even if you don't care or know about the thing, just by talking to them, all of a sudden you're so engrossed. In yes. It. Same, same. Like- <laughs> yeah. Oh Yes. I feel so influential because I <laughs> am like somebody starts talking about something and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. They'll talk about like pottery and I'm like, I'm a potter now. I'm going to take <laughs> pottery classes and I'm going to become a potter. And uh, n- not really, but like, that's how I feel. That's yeah, what it, it like, inspires me to want to do that. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, well, this person, their whole life has been changed by pottery. Yeah. And maybe if I got into pottery, my life my would life also would be. be changed by pottery. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so that's how I've always felt like passion is just so, as long as it doesn't come with like pretentiousness, but anybody who's passionate yeah. like, about what they do and they don't make you feel bad for not knowing that thing. Like, um, so, so my boyfriend doesn't really do comedy either. And there have been mm-hmm. times where wonderful yeah, that's everybody's reaction. Every <laughs> sing, con- they always go, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's interesting. His best friend, like, I mean, the way we met, he was like taking photographs of his show. So he took photographs of me and whatever. That's all in story. So he's, I also think he is very funny. Like he probably wouldn't agree or maybe mm-hmm. deep down he would, but sometimes, you know, like, uh, I remember, I think I asked him if he knew who Kyle Mooney was. I was like, oh, no, no, maybe not Kyle Mooney. Maybe it was Kyle Mooney, Kyle Mooney or Andy Samberg. But I was like, oh, do you know? Someone? And he was like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't, and I'm like, oh no, that's okay. I was just going to make a reference to something. So I wanted to ask if you knew, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't want to assume you didn't know the reference, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. maybe with certain people, with certain people we know, I'd maybe say something that'd be like, oh, I've seen that movie. Of course. Like, I can't believe. Okay. Yeah. Okay, sure. yeah. So I'm like, oh, no, I was just going to make a reference. So I said, it's refreshing that you don't know who yeah. these people are. And the other thing is that like, I really, I do get really nerdy about a lot of stuff. And the fact that he sort of doesn't know that stuff is I can be like, well, I'll show you. And he's very open to it. And then there are things where like, 
I don't know, he'll choose like music to play or a TV show to watch. And I'll be like, oh, this is you. Like, I don't normally go to listen to music like this, but I like that we're listening to this. And so it feels very like respectful. And uh, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's it's cool because I, I just there's so many interesting people and so many things to talk about. And yeah, it really, that has been my uh, sort of reckoning of 2021 is mm. so I started wanting to pursue filmmaking and then also that right. I, was really, I loved comedy. So I wanted to do comedy films and then I got into performing through that. Right. But like I'm, I've been going back. I've been watching a lot of like documentary stuff and like a lot of sort of like cultural and travel documentary things like a lot of Anthony Bourdain if I'm honest Mm, yeah (laughs) um but like this year and some of last year as well I think maybe it's born out of being disconnected from the world in a way you know Mm -hmm. through the pandemic but like all I want to do is like just kind of like know as much about whoever I can meet, just like yes. meet people, know the yes. world, like, ex- like see th- things from different people's perspectives, like, you know, just kind of like see what's out there and who's, who's doing it, you know? Definitely. And I feel like that has been sort of my like sincerity, uh, sort of pivot that I'm still a little bit trying to figure out exactly how to like realize that you know beyond having conversations on this podcast um because I just am like there's so much beautiful humanity out there a lot of bad stuff as well but uh (laughs) you know I, I I really you know while we have an opportunity would love to just like see how other people perceive it and oh yeah you know live in it and thrive in it or struggle or create Yes. Oh, you definitely. Um, when when you went to uh, when you went to Paris and it was the, your so your your, your first trip because we were talking about how you know you'd gone yeah. and I'm about to go and um, when you went and it was your first trip in a while, especially outside of the country. Did that like further confirm that feeling for you at all? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It really did. Also, I don't know. I'm very upset with this country. <laughs> right now uh, yeah. that country being america so yeah, right right yeah so just you know, to be clear we are in america <laughs> just for all of the listeners who away. know who i am already uh <laughs> know that i live in america <laughs> but, um you know obviously france has its own problems in True. in other mm-hmm. different unique ways uh than we do here but it was just like just the physical act of like being in a different place mm-hmm and maybe especially in because mostly every world else in the world thinks you know America is kind of ain't shit like is a little bit yeah yeah you know for lack of a better term and um and it was nice to like sort of be in that energy and and to to really like be surrounded by the global understanding outside of this country that like the world does not revolve around what happens here. Yeah. <laughs> There's a whole world out there that is, you know, people are living their lives. Yeah. And they could give a shit less about, you know, oh, yeah. what we are doing. Oh, they got their and, own things. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, um, it was, it was really nice to sort of just like 
be able to like kind of re-remember that and like be out and sort of just like talk to people and then you know because I've never been this person to uh I've never been like an America yeah (laughs) type (laughs) person America America um (laughs) but I just think that the last you know forever but ever more recently in the last like five years, mm-hmm. it has been very, um, I don't know. I think this, we just need to be taken down a peg and I, I welcome the opportunity yeah. to be, to be taken down a notch globally. <laughs> Definitely. And also like, I think it's really important to go to other places. If again, if you, well, if you have the privilege to and stuff, uh, right, and to, and to see, how do they do things? Because like you said, they got their own problems. Every, every, every country has their own problems. I don't know that there is a perfect country except maybe like Sweden or Denmark, but then at the same time, they get like very little daylight and, yeah. uh, you know, so that comes with, and they should be own. doing something to fix that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the government of the Netherlands <laughs> as a whole, get on that. Make your people just a little happier. Um, yeah, but, but you know, so every, everything has its like pros and cons. However, it's, what did I, I feel like I read something recently that was just kind of like, I think it was basically saying like, just because, just because maybe something is good doesn't mean that we could improve. Like, I feel like a lot of people's argument mm-hmm. is, you should be very grateful that you live in America. And I am, I am like, you know, there definitely are places that, you know, are harder to live and I'm happy for that. However, that doesn't mean I just say, well, I'll take it and not try to make it any better. Right. So it's, it's cool to go to other places and be like, well, how are they doing things right? And maybe a little bit wrong. And how does that compare to how we're doing things right and a little bit wrong? And even if that's not just as a country, and I think it also like, it it also helps inform who you are, what your mm-hmm. opinions are. And yeah. um, I think that that's Im- important as, as a person who uh, sometimes actually gets like a little bit nervous to like have opinions because I always just want to be really open-minded, but, yeah. but you know, it's, it, it will, it will shape who you are. And that's, that's yeah. just always good to know. And I also think sort of that, that the travel aspect and the um the the just getting to know people from different backgrounds whether or not they could be living right yeah. next door to you or they're in a different country really does help you uh you know understand that there are differences of opinion and be open minded yeah. and then you know that informs the way that you can write music the way that you can tell stories the way that you can be like exposure to all those different perspectives I find yeah. really kind of invigorates me. Yeah. 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 It's, um, I'm excited to do more of that, but yeah, I yeah. think it's I mean, just like, <laughs> I mean, well, and the thing is, you know, you were saying, you're, you know, you're meeting people, talking to people and that's so cool. I, I watch a lot of YouTube and, mm-hmm. uh, I, of those, uh, channels, it's so different. Like a lot of it is very like psychology related Mm-hmm. Some of I watch a lot of YouTube as well. Yes. I, I, <laughs> yes. So I'm stoicism going on right now. Oh, what do you mean? So, stoicism. Um, People are just like, I don't know. I, I, I get served a lot of like stoic uh, philosophy, like mm. YouTubers, but they're all like 24 year old dudes right. who are well, like really into 
like Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are they stoic about? Because um, I feel like I understand what you're saying, but we might get served different, like somewhat similar, but somewhat different videos. What are your videos? What are they stoic about? Um, I get a lot of philosophy content mm. yeah. and stoicism is like one of the philosophical like thoughts, like ways of thinking, <gasps> which is basically like, oh, wait, I don't you're... even fully understand it. I read, uh, letters from a stoic by Marcus Aurelius and I didn't get it like okay that's just on me I don't I, even know if that's what it's called but yeah <laughs> I, I thought you meant okay I've maybe heard of that actually because I thought you meant people are very their videos are very stoic but you mean the topic of stoicism is like, <laughs> yeah. yes and I did get served an ad that was like why stoicism is like underrated or something like that and I did yeah. watch it yeah. And, and it's all the, it's like guys who are like minimalists and stoists and they all have like 10 black t-shirts and that's all they wear. And I'm like, okay, yeah. but that's uh, not for me. <laughs> you know what? Okay. Wait, I'm remembering now that the video I saw, I think the example that they use, the, the person they focused on was Ferb from Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Did you see <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I want to know what the thesis around fur is. Have <laughs> so, you seen Phineas and Fur? It was a good I, Disney Channel show. But I mean, it was a little bit. It was a little bit past my time, yeah, but I exactly, know exactly. kind of what it was. I was a little bit too old when it came out. I think I was. I was kind of a little bit too old too. But I think that sometimes I still watch Disney Channel. It was one of those shows where Disney Channel always had like. It was like, you know how ABC7 has a show that comes out and it like immediately gets canceled very quickly? Like, yeah. I don't know. It was like Disney Channel had a lot of cartoons that were like almost like filler in between episodes, like mm-hmm. shows. Yeah. Um, so maybe they were only like 15 minutes long and it would fill a commercial gap or something. Mm-hmm. And they had so many, and they would always go off the air eventually. So Phineas and Ferb came, and I was like, oh, here's another one that's probably going to do that thing. But it was different, and it was like, this is fun. And then it ended <laughs> up being, like, a huge, huge show. But yeah. it's like they always, like, I think every every day it's a very pinky in the brainish thing, but a much more innocent one of these <laughs> two. I think they're stepbrothers. Um Phineas is like, so Ferb, what are we going to do today? And then they have like oh, some yes. kind of pinky in the brain. Yes. It's pinky in the brain, except for like, wh- how are we going to take over the world? Uh, <laughs> wh- what are we going to do? And it's like, it's very imaginative. But Ferb never, like, never says anything. Phineas is like extroverted ideas man. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Ferb is very calm, never says anything. Things happen to him, but he kind of just like thinks about it and then like, I don't know. And so I think every time he does. That is stoicism. Exactly. Yeah. What they were saying was like, was like Phineas, uh, not Phineas, Ferb is very like when he does say something, it's very poignant, Mm -hmm. but it's not always emotional. Like he can, he can be aware of what his emotions are without acting on the emotions or letting it consume him. And that, that is like a beautiful thing about stoicism, which I mean, I will lie. Wish I had a little of that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think um, that there's a healthy balance, you know? Yeah. I Maybe think so not too. all the way. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be super. I mean, I'm trying to, I think what I'm person personally, I'm trying to embrace that. I just will never be like this mysterious girl who, uh, like doesn't say much, doesn't, is very like ethereal. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially I feel like that's very, um, fascinating and appealing to men 
And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so there's a part of me that really, even still, I, I sort of wish I was just somebody who didn't wear my heart on my sleeve so much, but I'm like, you know what? I've tried. I have tried to be the girl who doesn't care that much. And Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that's me. I just, yeah. And I, and so I kind of have, I mean, I still have my moments where like I put something out and then I like delete it. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like nobody actually you know I changed my mind about that I don't nobody needs to know that but I'm like you know what I've done a 180 of if you're gonna if you're already gonna be that girl I, I just think authenticity is always like way more important and yeah so if I'm you tr- are still a person that's authentic to you awesome but yeah I'm trying yeah. to get better about that about like just yeah, kind of feel? embracing how I am how I am like you know what I mean like for example, putting out some content, a video or mm-hmm. some writing or something, and then not immediately being like, oh, my God, everyone's going to, like, hate me and cancel me. And this is bad. And, like, yeah. you know, and then just being like, well, if it doesn't do well, remember that, you know, I only have, like, 2,000 followers. So max, like, 300 people saw it. <laughs> like, right. right. <laughs> exactly. Most of the time, the things that you're worried about, you're like nobody is they probably freaking scrolled past the story yeah (laughs) they they didn't even read this and I'm here sitting here worried about like what people think when they're probably not even thinking about me which is kind of a funny thing it's almost like it's almost like a double-edged sword you Mm -hmm. don't really want people to be not be thinking about you but you're also like I'm really glad nobody's focusing on me for that for that it really is funny like even I'm guilty of this all the time to the point where my girlfriend calls me out on it all the time. I like am looking <laughs> yeah, at my Instagram yeah, stories. She makes fun of me so hard for this. I am like it. looking at my Instagram story and then I'll just put my phone down without closing out of Instagram. And it's just flipping through everyone's Instagram stories for like 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, it just watches every Instagram story and I'm not paying attention. And I'm like, all those people think that I looked at their Instagram story and I did it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally get that. I think sometimes I've done that accidentally, but I do. And all so don't, don't worry <laughs> here. I want you to know, I look at who watches my stories every single time. I don't know why I just like to know, but mm-hmm. I know that probably good chances are a huge percentage of the people who quote unquote saw my story didn't really see my story. And I don't blame anybody for that. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, Oh, who maybe saw this? Who, who, who at least, you know, I, I at least appreciate that you want people to know that, yeah, you know, like just, just allow them to feel like I'm a part of their life. Like I still am, you know, wanting to see what they're up to because I do, but sometimes it's just not like completely feasible for, you can't right. watch everybody's stories. And, you know, I'll see yeah. sometimes who like, or I can't see who exits out of my story, but I see that people exit out and I'm like, eh, no. Sometimes, sometimes I actually message people like something really cool will be on and it has sound in order for me to watch it. Mm-hmm. And so I exit out because I'm like, okay, I want to watch this when it. it has sound on it. So when I click on their story later, it'll go back and then it'll be a reminder to myself of like, oh yeah, yeah. I need to watch. But sometimes I'll message people and be like, I really want to watch this. I'm in a place where I cannot put on sound right now. Uh-huh. So I'm sorry, I, but I do want to watch this. And you just... that is so, that is the most considerate thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Well, I just want people to like 
feel seen sometimes. I get really yeah. hyper aware of like, I don't know. I've, I've talked about this with friends about, I've had friends who've been like left out of stuff before. Mm-hmm. And I realized that they weren't there because like a friend of ours didn't invite them. And I know everybody's taking pictures of this party yeah. and they're not there. And I'm like, they're going to see these pictures. And I send a text that'll be like, Hey, I just want you to know if I had had any control over this, I would have invited you. Yeah. I didn't know you wouldn't have, you know, and I just want you to know that like, I noticed that you weren't here when you are uh, not for everybody. I can't do that for everybody, but yeah. for people who I'm like, you especially should probably be here. And I know, I know you, and I know that you're probably going to be hurt by this because that used to happen to me back in the yeah. day. I felt like I just wouldn't get invited to things. And I'd be like, I don't understand why. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just a hyper awareness. Yeah. That is, that, I mean, I, man, I appreciate that. Like that is, um, cause oftentimes it is like, Oh, someone just like forgot. And you yeah, know, you, you don't want to be the person who's forgotten, but like, it's also, true. It's like, it's just human error, you know? And a lot of times it's like, you know, when you see a story, it's like, and if I forgot anyone, it wasn't intentional. Like, I, you know, yes. that sort of thing. No, absolutely. There's too many people. I mean, we just weren't meant to even really know or keep in touch with this many people. We were not. In our lives. <laughs> we really yeah. weren't. And um, I mean, it's just so amazing that back in the day, you like made friends and then if you moved away, I mean, unless you wrote letters or called, mm-hmm. if somebody didn't get a call or a letter from you and they didn't, they, you, nobody knew what happened to you unless yeah. maybe somebody was like, oh, I heard from that person. And you're like, really? I didn't even know they were alive. Yeah. How are they? What are they? It's been two years since I, you just wouldn't know. And now we know like too much and uh, yeah. that can be cool, but that can also be uh, very much not cool. I think I read something like we know more in a week than people used to know in like the span of a hundred years, knowledge wise, or like we are exposed to, so we're, we're exposed (laughs) to as much information in like a week as people were exposed in like a hundred years back in the before times. Yeah. I mean, I do know, I think it was a Malcolm Gladwell book or something that I read that was, Mm. he was talking about, we are really only meant to like, know like maximum like 200 people yes, at yeah. all. And like, those are the only, like we don't have the capacity and to even know. And then like f- to consider friends, like maybe 60 and to consider close friends, it's like five like ten. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah. somebody told me that, like, I think it's like a tribal thing of like, as far as, cause I think I was once talking to somebody about how my group of friends over the years would change. I'd be like, yeah, you know, it was like, I was kind of like, very often hanging with this people and that mm-hmm. then something kind of happened. I started doing something else and now I'm starting to hang more with these people. And it's like, it feels like it's very dependent on what I do, who I'm hanging around and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like it depended on what teams I was on and what I was and what I was doing, um, which I mean, you know, kind of my life here. So you, I'm sure you could imagine and probably same yeah. with you. And this guy was like, oh yeah, well, we're only supposed to have like eight friends. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, like we're, as far as close friends, as far as people who you have the energy to, um, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Interact with, with, keep up up with on a daily basis, like eight 
Yeah. <laughs> and it's I was so like, no true. wonder I'm so burnt out because <laughs> I can't do it. I know. I, I was going to ask you, because I know, unless you were, there was something you were going to say, if you had a thought. No, go ahead. Well, I remember we had kind of touched on this earlier, but, you know, talking about uh, reevaluating like what we were doing, for, maybe for you stand up and comedy and for, for mm-hmm. me improv, because uh, I know you did improv, but kind of you moved like a little bit more into stand up, right? Yeah, I in like 2018, I kind of yeah. let improv go um, yeah. for personal reasons before the pandemic. Um, yeah. And so I had already kind of been off that boat before yeah. live live shows stopped. But I yeah. was still doing sketch and right. Stand-up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so I was doing Boogie Manja. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and you were hosting a lot of shows and doing which I thought was like really really great. Um, so. I do. I did have a moment where I think I talked about this with Brooks actually, because um, it really felt like I don't know if you felt this way, but um, for me, it felt like when things started opening up again, like shows, like as mm-hmm. soon as people got back, it felt like a week later, people had posters, they had yeah. lineups, they had, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> how did this happen so fast? I sort of wondered if maybe like venues because they were supposed to have shows beforehand, they just got on like a waiting list of like, hey, when we open up again, you will be the first show. Do you know? I don't know. I mean, maybe I will tell you that is not what happened with my Union Hall show. But <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> but uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, so maybe not, but maybe, or maybe just everybody was real. I don't know. And it just, for me, I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. This mm-hmm. is like cool, but I don't know if I'm ready. And then I... I felt like I kept seeing the same people in the mm-hmm. lineups, which is great. Good for them. That's cool. But I just suddenly felt like left out, which was a weird feeling because I was like, well, I felt very good about music. I feel really cool about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But suddenly I don't really know what my place is anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think I put out on Instagram like, hey, I don't really make comedic songs, but the lyrics can be funny if you really listen to them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but like, if you, for some reason, need music on your show, uh, let me know. And mm-hmm. nobody really reached out, which is okay. I mean, I did that like twice and that's not many, many times and it's fine. So right. there's no blame, but I remember being like, where do, yeah, where do I fit in? How do I, it's weird. I don't know how I feel about doing comedy yet. I've spent uh, how many years of my life building that community, like mm-hmm. more, more than six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really strange. And I, did you feel anything like that of like, okay, I know I don't quite want to do this the same way, but also this is my pack and who is going to be. Yeah. Am I going to feel like, I don't know. Yeah. I've, I I've that is a hundred percent where I've been at really. Uh, and mm-hmm. It was the same thing, like, uh, a week before everything closed in New York, Walt sold out Union Hall. <gasps> Walt! And I, yes. Yeah. And I was like, this is great. Like, we're going to start really packing. Because we had had our Union Hall show for, like, a year, but we weren't always selling out. It was a struggle to get butts in seats because we just aren't known names. And... um, right. And we had this really amazing show, and then everything closed, and it was yeah. like, cool. And then when everything started to open up again, to be fair, I made zero effort to perform (laughs) during lockdown. Like I did not 
do any there were there were summertime outdoor shows last year yeah, i didn't yeah. do them i was yeah. like no can't be bothered it's a pandemic yeah. like i did two zoom shows for stand up and i didn't they were very exhausting yeah incredibly exhausting um cuz you're just screaming and you're getting into a screen you're just kind of like doing your set having high energy and then you don't get anything Any from feedback. the audience yeah. you get nothing it's so weird. just like yeah. it's like a freaking black hole of energy. Yeah. <laughs> so, I hate so I made like zero effort to be in the scene during the pandemic. Like I was, wor- saying, I was, yeah. I was writing on a show which was cool, but it was very like siloed. It was like a job, and then I was doing right. my podcast, right. which are comedy things, right? Like writing a comedy, sh- like a comedy history yeah. show. It's a good and outlet. Then, for, yeah. For that. Yeah, but um so when everything opened up I I was like at first I was a little upset but I was like of course no one's asking me to be on their shows. I haven't, I haven't tried. Done yeah, yeah. I haven't <laughs> done I haven't made anyone known that I still do this. Right, uh, right. I mean, I guess I do like in some ways, but like and I, and then, like I do still do this, but it's a lot more like kind of it's not like in your face hustling to get on posters. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, I just was kind of like, I don't even know if I want to hustle like that because I yeah. did it for so long and I still have all those connections and I still have all those, you know, friendships and people to collaborate with. But but maybe what I've kind of like felt and maybe I'm just reassuring myself, but like the last like six months or so, I've just been kind of like, I'm a comedian. I'll always be funny. Yeah. But like, I don't necessarily have to do that. Like, I don't have to do stand up. Also, like, I was never going to be a stand up, stand up, like, person, like, yeah. a, like someone who like, tours, you know, sure, sure. Even though I, I guess I have toured, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's kind of, yeah, what I meant by like, that's, that to me is like, when you really pursue stand up of like, people have this long-term goal. And, and I, and I do think, I always think stand up is even, no matter what the goal is for you, I think it's a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think it's another thing that helps you formulate opinions. You can write jokes. You're, you, it, I mean, stand-up is scary to a lot of people. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not scary to me, which is funny that I don't do it. But it's, um, I don't know. And if, if it helps you get up into a crowd and like learn how to bounce off energy. These are like all skills that Mm -hmm. will always be a part of you, no matter what you bring to the table. Yeah. 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 And also like when you really think about like the long-term trajectory of a comedy career, at least what I want for myself, it is like, there's so many comedians who are just are staff writers now. Yeah. And like, that is a comedy career and that's does not involve having to hustle and do you know, six shows a week it's running true. around to, to basements, unventilated it's, basements in uh, New York City during a pandemic. Very <laughs> um, that's true. Yeah, you're still doing. I mean, there's it, there is a point where I think really for everything that you do, the thing you started doing for fun becomes a job at some point. And, mm-hmm. and so you kind of I don't know. I have to be or not have to be not as in like you should be grateful but like you kind of have to be like all right well I'm glad I'm doing this in some capacity like maybe someday I'll do something else but this yeah. is awesome I'm writing comedy as a job who knew that I yeah. even get here um 
And is there something that I was going to ask you this before too? If like, who, who would you describe the Angela that in your mind, you're like, this is the Angela I have sort of felt pressure to be, or like in my mind when I'm feeling insecure, like this is who I feel I need to be. And who is the Angela you feel like you kind of want to be and if those intersect does that make sense like yeah I love also love that question oh, and I'm gonna answer and then I would love you to tell sure. me the same thing. okay okay <laughs> definitely definitely um so well I think especially the last the whole time I've been in New York I yeah. came here um because I wanted to be a comedy like filmmaker writer director yeah, right um and I started doing improv to help with my writing. And then I think I just got caught up in improv and performance and sketch and less about writing and more about performing when that was never really what I had set out to do. Um, so I think I was trying to be um, a, a personality, a performative type mm-hmm. that I just really naturally wasn't um, mm-hmm. like high energy like crazy super like I don't know party fun time on stage person which like I my stand-up is uh, my stand-up is more like how I talk it is just sort of like you know it's it's a lot of anecdotes it's storytelling based but whatever um so I got more closer to it as I started like kind of doing but like there was a couple years where I was doing characters and I was like this isn't right like I'm not Mm -hmm. really a character performer and I was just trying to do it because everyone said that I had to do characters totally and like same thing with improv it's like I really was more or less doing improv initially to learn structure of sketch writing but then it turned into like me pursuing getting on a house team for years that just wasn't ever going to be a fit and I think when I realized like oh this isn't really ever going to be a fit and that's okay. That's not what I actually ever came here for in the first place. <laughs> like I got yeah, distracted. Right. Um, so I feel like now what I, what I'm really trying to do is get more back to where I was, you know, in fucking 2013, which is like, I yeah. am, I want to tell true stories not necessarily like true life documentary things, but just like stories that feel true that yes. have heart that have humanity in them whether they're narrative or doc yeah and that then that are that have a lot of humor in them because that's just kind of how I am like I am someone who like I I have I don't know I'm very interested in humanity I have a lot of empathy I want to like get to the heart of like what we're all doing here but I also make a lot of like stupid jokes along the way so I just want to like do work that reflects that you know Definitely. It it sounds like, it sounds like what started to happen was like, I don't know, everybody started telling you like who Angela, the brand needs to be, or like quote unquote needs to be of like, well, if you want to be an improviser, you got to be on a house team. And if you want to get noticed for comedy, you got to do character. And it feels like it became more about like singularly who you are rather than like the things you wanted to do. And and I'll say, I think it, it, it is kind of the same for me, but in a way it's my fault because I did come here to, <laughs> I didn't move to New York to be an actor. And so I went to school and at the time, I'll just say I was very 
cherubic and I had like bangs and red hair and Mm -hmm. I did not take many risks in acting school because I was like 18 and I'd mostly done very like funny, sweet, vulnerable characters on stage until that point. Mm-hmm. So suddenly we're, we're being told to do like sex lies and videotape. <laughs> I was like, Seems. <laughs> um, and yeah, and I just felt, I'll just say I was not a good actor in the sense of like totally losing myself into another character. Mm-hmm. I wasn't good at that, but I was told like, you are a very best friend type. You're very funny. You're very sweet. Mm-hmm. You, you should go with that because it is a type, but so I was sort of supported in that way, but like that doesn't necessarily make you like the favorite of your acting class. Um, yeah. You know, it's like they know who you are, but then when somebody's like an incredible <laughs> actor who also happens to be gorgeous, they're like, this is the next mm-hmm. best thing. And then, yeah, so that's just kind of what happened. But it was it was good guidance. But then I got out of school and I was like extremely depressed because I was like, Okay, I have been given all of the tools mm-hmm. and I don't agree. <laughs> I, don't, I, well, I think yeah. what, what I mean is like I was told <laughs> sort of who I was, who I needed to market myself as. And I was like, I don't want to be that person. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And and it was very, I also like would dye my hair all the time. So, and I feel like in acting, you take a headshot. I hate headshots. I hate, uh, yeah, if you dye hair, you gotta take a new headshot. Um, or I, that's what I've been told. Or just, if you have like a major hairstyle change, like majorly, yeah. you usually have to take a new headshot. And I just hate, I really don't like headshots in the sense that, oh, I just think it makes everybody look really like these products, which is like what they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, I just felt really boxed in. And I guess that's what I've learned is I don't like feeling boxed in but I get I get scared because I know that you sort of have to do that a little bit in Mm -hmm. order to go in a certain direction for a long time and so there's still a part of me that like so I guess to answer the question I thought I should like sometimes in my mind I'm like I need to be sweet actor Aaron who is really nice and maybe a little self-deprecating but like mostly nice and uh I am a team player and yeah, I'm like a support system. And I think there is a, there is a lot of that that is me, Mm -hmm. but then I think, oh, and also just like, yeah, um, it's socially having to like be at everything, be Mm -hmm. on teams, be a great, I don't know. And, but as I've gotten older now, I feel like I'm like, I am Aaron who is, I'm, I'm, I, I love the planet. I love music a lot. I'll talk about music a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love so many other things like psychology. Like I could have a whole conversation with you right now about this person I just found last night on YouTube who she's a graphologist and she looks at handwriting and talks oh, cool. about personality. It is so cool. It's so cool. And I could really, really geek out on that. Uh, and I but you know maybe in a way I shouldn't but I just recently I don't know so I kind of just want to like I think I am just like I want to just do whatever feels fun to me I still kind of want to act I really like Mm -hmm. acting whenever I do it it feels good like I said it's just all the stuff around it but I was recently at like this party slash show thing and I did improv 
And it was all right. Everybody was really drunk, so it was really no stakes. And then <laughs> afterwards, I went and I got a burrito. And then I came back to the party. And I was like, well, I need to eat my burrito somewhere. And I just sat at this table that was empty, alone. Yeah. And I just was scrolling on my phone eating this burrito. And I felt completely fine. I didn't feel like, like if somebody was like, hey, what are you doing here sitting by yourself? I'm like, I'm eating. I'm fine. I'm eating. Yeah, I'm comfortable. (laughs) Uh, How are you? Are you having fun? I don't know. I just (laughs) kind of like, so... Uh, I'm just, yeah, learning to like let go of, of yeah, what, what, I don't know. I, I hope I answered my own question. <laughs> um, I think other, you did. There is a part of me that even right now, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I feel okay with it, but I guess there's a part of me that's like, maybe I should have been funnier on this. I don't, but you can't really force yourself to be no. funny. And, also, that's, that's yeah. not really like you know what I'm going for here. Cause that's, I think that's what I figure. There's just like know, a little, little voice in my head. That's like, yeah, I don't know. You know, we're, we're both naturally funny people and Thanks. we've laughed plenty. Agree with you, for you. Yes, <laughs> I have laughed a lot. I have laughed a lot. And yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, it's, it's, it's so tough. I don't know. There's just so much that I want to mm-hmm. do in life and you probably feel the same way. And sometimes mm-hmm. that changes and that's just the hard part because, uh, you know, they say that it takes like, you know, 10,000 hours or 10 years or whatever yeah. to get some place. And, um, but I think just keep doing like what you love doing and you'll, I think, I think you'll mm-hmm. kind of always be, I, I think you won't have many regrets if you're like, well, I was just doing what I loved because I knew doing that other thing didn't really quite bring me joy. Yeah. It was just a thing I was told that I should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people always give, um, like actors who try to be a singer, like, Mm. like Hillary Duff, right. Give her shit. Mandy Moore, give her shit. I guess it was reverse with her, but like, it's like, that's, that's so dumb because oh, yeah. you don't know what they're capable of doing. <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, look at I Selena mean, Gomez. <laughs> exactly. There's so Ariana many. Ariana Grande. I mean, Disney channel alone. Was yeah. like, well, if you want to be Demi Lovato. Yeah. They said you have to be able to sing no matter yeah. what, even if yeah. you're not singing on a show, we do singing things here and Disney mm-hmm. channel started as like the Mickey mouse club, which is, so you have to be able to sing. Yeah. So, and as my therapist says, when I start to talk about, Oh, I, I should be doing this, but I want to do this or something when I'm always torn. She's like, why not both? Like just yeah. do, do both. Yeah. Because you can. Yeah. There's no, there's no rule. I think, especially as creatives, as artists, there is no rule that says that you have to define yourself by one role, you know? Right. I think it's kind of maybe just embedded into our brains from like, I don't know, corporate America where people oh, are yeah. like, I am an accountant. Yeah. Really? I, I identify, accountants, but it's like, I am this one thing. This is what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That whole question of, um, you know, so like, so what do you do and stuff mm-hmm. and how that's always like the first question. And um, yeah. I, I was thinking of that, like Francis Hossein where the guy's like, like, <laughs> yeah. what do you do? And she's like, uh, Oh, like, or, oh yeah no I think she asked him what do you do and he's like sorry and she's like oh, I just thought I'd ask you know what do, what do you do it's it's such a stupid question I thought I'd ask it and then yeah. he answers it and he goes what do you do and she goes that's such a stupid question <laughs> um, but it's like that is the way it just yeah. tends to go um yeah. 
yeah. Uh, very, very tough, tough to navigate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think just keep doing whatever you want to do. Yeah. And if you like it and you're passionate about it, then that is a success. And you, ultimately, you'll create great work from that. You too. And the last <laughs> thing I'll say is like, just because this, what you said, just kind of brought it up. I think when you said do whatever you do, I, I my immediate like instinctive response wanted to be like, well, you know, I, I, I don't deserve like doing it or like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I get nervous that people are going to look at me and be like, oh, she thinks she can do comedy and music and mm-hmm. she can do this thing. Who does she think she is? Yeah. And I don't know that people are thinking about that, but that's also like the, the fear as I well. I feel that too. I mean, I think it's a little bit imposter syndrome probably. Imposter like, syndrome especially for, I want to say women too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But we can do it. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah, we really we really got lost in that one. I apologize for the long episode, but I truly could not cut any more out than I already did. And every single bit was just, I thought, really insightful and, and just beautiful. It was a pleasure to speak with you, Erin. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. You can find Erin's music on Spotify or wherever you stream your music under Erin Harland. Please do check it out. I have to go watch a YouTube video about how Ferb is a stoic, and I hope that you do the same. I'll have a new episode out for you next week, so please like and subscribe so you get notified when it comes out. And if you have a minute, I'd really appreciate it if you could rate or review the podcast. It would really help me out. But this has been You Gotta Have a Podcast. I have been and will continue to be Angela Palladino. And until next time, I'll talk to you.